0: This is the Olive Wellness Podcast, brought to you by the Olive Wellness Institute.
1: Welcome to episode five of Olive Wellness Podcast. I'm Sarah Gray. Naturopath Ian Breakspear specializes in herbal medicine with a key focus on prescribing liquid herbal medicine formulations prepared specifically for the individual. From his practice in Sydney's CBD, Ian has a particular interest in olive leaf extract, or OLE, which he prescribes for its cardiovascular benefits. Sponsored by the Olive Wellness Institute, Ian conducted research into over-the-counter OLE products, as well as OLE that only herbalists and naturopaths prescribe. The research reveals, as Ian outlines shortly, how the phytochemical profile of different OLE products can vary considerably. First though, Ian Brakespear says his fascination with naturopathy developed quite early. He admits to Chris Ashmore that as a kid he was a bit of a nerd. I used to
0: watch uh, science shows and and read science sections in newspapers and remember reading a particular article about chimpanzees that uh, researchers were studying their behavioral characteristics and noticed that uh, when a member of the group of the chimps would become sick, the others would gather leaves, particular leaves from a particular tree and give them to the sick chimp and lo and behold, the, the chimp would get better. So you know that kind of, I think, started my fascination with plant medicine. And then of course, many years later, I do my training and then years after that as well, I do a master's in herbal medicines from from uh, the University of Sydney.
2: Well, if we look at what you're doing now and what is your current profession and what are your specialties?
0: Yeah, well, I I wear quite a few different professional hats. I love uh, being involved in lots of different areas of the profession. So I think the first thing is that I'm a a practising herbalist and naturopath in the Sydney CBD where I I specialise in helping patients with heart disease and diabetes and chronic inflammatory conditions. Uh, Secondly, I'm a senior lecturer in naturopathy for Endeavour College of Natural Health. Uh, So in that role, I I do a bit of teaching, I manage the naturopathic team on the Sydney campus and I coordinate a couple of herbal medicine subjects. And then additionally on the the side, I do a bit of research, obviously. I also am the member of the expert scientific steering committee for Boundary Bend Olives and an advisor to one of our professional associations.
2: Now, the Olive Wellness Institute sponsored some research you did on olive leaf extract. What were the reasons behind your doing this research? Well, it,
0: it kind of starts in, in clinical practice because as a as a clinician myself, I have a range of different herbal product companies from which to choose. And it's always difficult to know which is best, which you should choose for your patients. So there's that as the baseline, but also as an educator and a researcher, I'm acutely aware of the fact that herbal medicines are biological medicines. So being natural products, they are subject to some very variation and just like we don't necessarily expect every wine or every tomato to taste exactly the same, we're going to get some variation in herbal medicines as well. And the question always is, is the variation that's occurring within an acceptable range or is it falling outside that range? So having used olive leaf in my clinical practice for over 25 years at the time, uh, I wanted to know how similar and how different each of the products were. And so through my involvement with the Olive Wellness Institute, I was able to actually investigate this in the laboratory and and answer this question.
2: And from the results of the research, what, what did it show? Well, it was quite fascinating, actually. So what I did was took
0: five over-the-counter olive leaf extracts and five practitioner-only olive leaf extracts that you can normally only get when you see a herbalist or a naturopath, and in the laboratory, compared the chemical profile of each. And it's important to note that when you're looking at a herbal medicine, you're not just looking at one constituent in that herb. It'd be like like saying, for instance, that the taste and the quality of chocolate is solely due to its sugar and its caffeine content. There's obviously a lot more to it. So it's the same with herbal medicine. So I wanted to profile a whole range of different chemicals within olive leaf So the two most common ones that are talked about in the research literature are oleorupine and hydroxytyrosol, but also looked at the total biophenol content and then minor constituents like maslinic acid and sterols and oleanolic acid and so forth. Now with the actual results from this, the first and most obvious thing was that there was considerable variation between different products. They're all olive leaf extracts, but the chemistry varied quite considerably. And for example, when you're looking at one of the main constituents, olirupine, the lowest extract had less than half a milligram per mil, whereas the extract with the highest amount had over 13.5 milligrams per mil. So that's a 34-fold difference between the lowest and the highest. And this variation continued with the other constituents. We saw a 31-fold difference in hydroxytyrosol, a five-fold difference almost in total biophenols. And then the other minor chemical markers like maslinic acid and olinolic acid and sterols also varied considerably. Uh, For instance, Two of the products tested did not contain any detectable amounts of olinolic acid, whereas one had 650 micrograms per mil. So there was a lot of variation. What was also quite fascinating with the results was that the practitioner-only olive leaf extracts versus the -the over-the-counter extracts the expectation quite often is that a practitioner-only product will be stronger in many cases than something available on the shelf. But in this case, particularly for oleuropein levels, that didn't hold up. And in fact, overall, on average, the OTC products contain three times higher level of oleuropein than the practitioner products. So this was very fascinating to me as a clinician, and I think it's fascinating for the public as a whole as well that olive leaf extracts do vary considerably.
2: And that variance is considerable when the olive leaf itself is dry or fresh. Is that right? And if there is a difference, is that kind of what you've been talking about?
0: Yeah, well, that's certainly part of it. What What was a clear trend uh, in the, the results was that the practitioner-only products firstly had lower olirupine, but often higher hydroxytyrosol levels than the over-the-counter products. So when we looked at the results from another direction, from instead of practitioner-only versus over-the-counter, looked at whether the extracts were made from fresh leaf or dry leaf, then we we saw an even more profound pattern. What we saw there was that the fresh olive leaf tends to have a much higher level of olirupine, whereas it appears that in the drying process, when you dry the leaf before making the extract, that some of that degrades to hydroxytyrazole. So the ratio of those two constituents changes. And in many ways, that's not 100% desirable because we do know from other reasons research that oleuropein is a very desirable constituent in olive leaf. So we want to try and maximize that, not necessarily at the expense of other constituents, but we do want to ensure that there's a good high level in the extract. So what that tells me is that extracts that are made from fresh leaf for olive leaf is generally going to be a better choice than extracts made from dry leaf.
2: For the in consumer, though, how, how do they know if what they're purchasing, either at the chemist or wherever, that it is indeed extracted from a fresh leaf? Is that possible?
0: Yeah, it certainly is. You've you've got to read the fine print on the labels, but the good thing in Australia with regulation under the Therapeutic Goods Act is that that kind of information does need to be on the label. So if you look hard enough, you'll be able to see whether it's made from dry leaf or fresh leaf.
2: Now, is it true that olive leaf extract supports cardiovascular health? And if, if it does, how does it?
0: Yeah, it certainly is true. And and certainly in my clinical experience, that's been the majority of indications that I've prescribed olive leaf for. So it is quite promising for cardiovascular health. There's been a range of studies that show that it's antioxidant for a start. Uh, Secondly, that it can reduce blood fats, that it can help balance blood sugar, and that it can reduce blood pressure and inflammation. And we now know in particularly classic coronary artery disease and atherosclerosis in general, that all of those factors are part of your total risk of heart disease. So by being able to affect positively these different risk factors, you're getting a quite profound total reduction of cardiovascular risk. And so that's a lot of the kind of animal and cellular studies. But on top of that, there's now been clinical studies on humans as well, so clinical trials, uh, like, for instance, one that was uh, published in 2011 that actually compared olive leaf that was high in oleuropein to a standard antihypertensive drug that would be prescribed by the doctor. And what it showed was that the olive leaf was equivalent in effect in early stage high blood pressure as a conventional antihypertensive drug. In addition, though, olive leaf had positive effects on blood fats, which, of course, the antihypertensive drug is not designed to do.
2: Now, many people take olive leaf extract for its immune supporting potential. Are there any studies to support this? There are. Uh, This activity on the immune
0: system and on viruses and bacteria is less well studied than on the cardiovascular effects, but there's certainly some promising work on this. So, for instance, there are some studies that show that olive leaf can reduce the activity and the invasiveness of certain viruses so that they don't take hold as much, which indicates that it might be useful in both prevention and treatment of infections. But the other additional thing that olive leaf does in regards to things like colds is that it can reduce some of the symptoms like the inflammation in the throat and things like that. So it can not only potentially reduce the the duration and the frequency of infections, but it can reduce the symptoms as well.
2: Well, finally, I suppose with olive leaf extract, it's something that can be considered preventative. Is, does that mean that it, people should really be taking it All the time? Yeah, well,
0: it, it certainly can be useful for a large number of people. And what I would suggest is that if, if people are interested in this, if they feel that it might be beneficial, that they do talk to a, a health professional about this, because obviously there are certain situations where herbal medicines may not be a, a good idea. They may interact with certain medications or things like that. But in general, olive leaf is very safe. And obviously, you know what we've seen in the research so far, quite a fair overall. So yes, it can be very beneficial, but definitely talk to your healthcare professional as well.
1: Ian Breakspeare. And that ends episode five of Olive Wellness podcast. To learn more about the nutrition, health and wellness benefits of olives and olive products, please visit the Olive Wellness Institute website at olivewellnessinstitute.org. Until next time, I'm Sarah Gray. Thanks for listening.